Super Talk Mississippi media production. In the Mississippi Legislature, Senate Bill 2145 funds health care for illegal immigrants. Call your legislator today at 601-359-3770. Ask them to stop Senate Bill 2145. It's not too late. You can help stop this. Paid for by Building America's Future. Good morning. Welcome in. Sports Sunday on Super Talk Mississippi. Happy Independence Day, 4th of July. I'm Michael Borky. He's Stephen Gagliano. We are live today. Just a couple more, but we are live today. And it is great to be with you. We got some sports to cover, of course. I do want to start with something, though. I made this observation yesterday. I was kind of joking. I use Twitter a good bit. My wife probably tells you I use it too much, but I use Twitter a good bit. And I said this yesterday. I said, does everybody have their quote, America is terrible and you should feel bad for celebrating it, tweets ready to go today or for tomorrow? And I say that because often on days like this, 4th of July, Memorial Day, present, you know, whatever is causing you to celebrate something good, you have people who try to bring it down. Christmas shouldn't be about Jesus because problematic stuff in the church, you know? You get those kind of things. And you'll get it today. It actually started yesterday. New York Times got ahead of everybody else where um, Independence Day shouldn't be celebrated because America has past sins or it's terrible or whatever. The New York Times yesterday ran a story about how waving the American flag from your house or from your truck is a political symbol in a deeply divided country. That's what the New York Times, the newspaper of record, at least it's what it used to be called, ran yesterday. I remember growing up in school and teachers would tell us New York Times, that's the the pinnacle of journalism. We talked about that in journalism school, about how New York Times is the pinnacle. And we, we got that. Have you noticed something, though, that it's only those kind of things only come from people that are very online? It's because they don't have regular lives and friends See, to go outside and do things with. Exactly. So, again, we're going to get to sports, but, you know, uh, it's Independence Day. And we're working for free on Independence Day, so I'm going to talk about whatever I want. Um You're going to see those things all day today. There's going to be something negative about America trending on social media. I promise it's coming. It happens every single year. And that only comes from people who are very online. And that that can be attributed to everything. Everything. The New York Times story. Waving an American flag is a political symbol in a deeply divided nation. What, is, what about my neighbor who has the American flag on their porch with uh, the Joe Biden sign that they've had for a year and a half? Uh, what, what political message are they sending? They're not. They just maybe so happen to love the country that they live in. What I've noticed is interactions I have with people online, and not just involving days like today, but generally speaking in life, the interactions I have with people online, the things that people say online versus reality are completely 
totally opposite, separate things. Am I going to try to convince you that there isn't some political discourse that is unhealthy in this country? Absolutely. I mean, without a doubt. Um, I I was sent pictures of a 4th of July parade that had some signage and stuff that is a little, it's ridiculous. Okay, so this does spill over into real life. But you tell me something. Has any life interaction you've had been anything but pleasant over the last year? If you've braved going outside and and talking to people, the beautiful thing about Mississippi, and we don't get enough credit for it, is we are the most racially diverse state in America, per capita, anyway, by percentages. We are the most racially diverse state in America. If you live in Mississippi, you often interact with people of a different race. That happens more so in Mississippi than any other state in America. We live in this apparently racially polarized society and deeply politically divided country. Maybe I live in some kind of a bubble. Maybe I do. But every interaction I have had with a person that is a Democrat, a person that is a Republican, a person that's somewhere in between, a person that is black or a person that is Mexican or whatever nationality or race they can come from, have been almost exclusively pleasant. I live in a neighborhood, for example. There are black families all throughout my neighborhood. It's a very racially diverse family. Every encounter I have with my neighbors is pleasant and friendly and happy. And so you see this kind of discourse online where everything is racist. White people are awful. There's all this stuff going on in the streets and everybody hates everybody. And that is not, I mean, again, maybe I'm in a bubble. That's not my reality at all. And I'd be willing to bet that is not the vast majority of people's reality. So on this Independence Day, although some people online are going to try to shame you for loving the country that you live in, just know that that's not reality. You can be a Republican, you can be a Democrat, and you can wave the American flag and that not be a political statement. It could just be that you love the country that you live in. And I've also seen people suggest that, well, you shouldn't love America because we have all these problems. I suggest if you cannot love something unless it is perfect, never get married, never have any friends and never have any children. Because if you are incapable of loving something that is flawed, you should not have any human interaction for the rest of your life. Because every person you talk to, every person you could date, marry or, or produce via offspring every single person you'll encounter is flawed but you still love them right you still love your parents my parents are flawed i am flawed my wife is our son is going to be steven is well i don't know about that (laughs) (laughs) so you can you can look at this great place that we live in and realize that yes there are flaws yes there are problems there are extremist groups that do things on both sides that are deeply troubling. But this country is a pretty amazing one that has flaws. I love it, though. I am very proud to be an American today and every day. And every Republican and Democrat I know is certainly allowed to be proud of this country every day. Is it perfect? No. Is it getting better? Absolutely. Regardless of what the internet tells you, just remember that what you see online, what is said online, 
That's not reality. The internet is a very small subsection of the extreme sides of really any argument. I think when you really look at the number of people that are on Twitter, like the percentage of the people on Twitter compared to the overall population of America, I think it's pretty small. So keep that in mind whenever you see things online is that it does not represent a wide majority. Yeah, it's Twitter, for example, 90% of the tweets are sent by 10% of the users of the website and excuse extremely one-sided politically. Exactly. So when you're looking at an argument on Twitter, just know that you're usually getting one side of it. Yep. But companies, or the most ridiculous yeah. side of both of it. And companies will like base decisions off of what trends on Twitter. It's insane. But on this Independence Day, um, I know you're not going to, but if you see any of that stuff, uh, just scroll right on past. They don't deserve your time, energy, engagement, whatever. You just keep doing you. You just keep treat, treating people the way that you do, and I will continue to, and all of my neighbors, everybody that I interact with in this great state. By the way, this state that is the punching bag for everything bad that happened decades ago, but when you live here, you don't feel that, and you don't live that. It doesn't happen here. It's almost because real life today is not real life before many of us were even born, and not what somebody sitting up in New York tells you real life is here. And those people that you mentioned that yearn for everything being terrible and want everything to be perfect somehow, I think those people become journalists. They're the ones that write yep. those articles and put those things online. And yeah, they're just, they're the worst. They are. So be proud to be an American today. I am. I hope you are. I know you are as well. Despite what some people try to do, life here is pretty good. Certainly, we could do things better. Certainly, we have, in many places, terrible leadership at times. But I love this country and everybody in it. And today and every day, I will feel that way. And I've also got a Flat Earth Society shirt on. So, you got to love us all. Speaking of internet <laughs> debates. <laughs> I really do, though. Look. Oh, yeah. Flat Earth Society. <laughs> My wife got it for me as uh, she um, ordered it as a as a joke. So I don't think this is like a real organization. But we got a package sent to the house, and it came with a letter that said, "Michael, thank you so much for joining. Glad that it was something like glad you've awakened to the truth or something like that." And I opened the box, and there's a flat Earth Society shirt in it. Pretty good. Even the people that believe the Earth is flat, I love them too. We'll get to sports after this break. I've wanted to wax poetic this morning because that's what people are going to do today. They're going to try to make you feel bad for loving the place you live. It's incredible. We'll be right back, y'all. 601-879-4395 is the text line. JP from Pascagoula gets us started on the text line. He started us off before the show began, actually. He said, top of the morning, top of the Sunday morning to you, gentlemen. Sunday school truancy hour back and better than ever last weekend. I walked into church thinking about fat bottom girls. Good. Wait, no, wait. Oh, wait that's not good. Today it will be. Bork, if we spent two more weeks discussing state's championship, I, for one, wouldn't be upset. Still breathing rare air in the Magnolia State today. It's nice knowing the sweet equity we've collected put in supporting college baseball as the state has paid off. 
And then he also said, being deeply online or more likely to have never stepped out of the USA in some of the third world countries we have out there, much less another country to see just how. Uh, and the text line froze. So I know where you were going with that, though. And, and I, I hate doing the if you don't like it, leave thing. But there is an element to if it's such a terrible place that is so deeply divided. Will you point me in the direction of a model that we should become? Where quality of life for the diverse populations that we have is better in totality. Will you point me in that direction? Uh, I would love to see it. But anyway, you guys aren't here for that. Gallo starts tomorrow at 6, even though the the link for today's show says Gallo's on right now. Um Williams says, check, check, and check. Mississippi's better than 90% of the states I've visited. There is definitely, I, I've been around. You know, I didn't grow up here. I, I've, I've seen it. Um, I'm telling you, there is more interaction between races in this state than any other state or place I've ever been. I've spent a lot of time in California. I grew up in South Carolina. I, I've, I've been everywhere. I have family scattered all around the north, and I, I have more and see more diversity in Mississippi than anywhere else. But they'll tell you that we are the divided place, and we are the deeply racist state, and we are just exclusively Republicans, which, guys, just look at the map. No, we're not. I mean, it's this is an incredibly diverse state, but nobody wants to give it credit for that because something that happened long before I was born, before my parents were born. Um, anyway. So I guess we can go ahead and drop this now. Um, We'll talk more about it when the audience is probably larger, not on the 4th of July. But uh, Jeff and Granada says, Borky and Steven, your Sunday show has become a pre-church tradition. Love to listen. Dogs win it all in Hale State. I don't think it will ever get old. Well, that will never get old. I'll tell you that. I'd um, use this reference on the weekday show. I'd uh, have friends that went to the University of South Carolina, obviously. Both of my sisters went there. Uh, when they won the national championship in uh, 2010 and 2011, uh, one of their best players actually was from my high school. and knew him pretty well. And a bunch of local ties with those teams and, and all that good stuff. You still have conversations about those teams today with people. Those names, Michael Roth, Scott Wingo, Jackie Bradley Jr. playing center field. I mean, that was a, that was an incredibly talented group of kids. But you still have those conversations with people today. I'm not even a South Carolina fan. I chose not to go there for a reason. I couldn't stand Columbia. But uh, I still talk to people about those teams. They still bring those up in conversations all the time. You'll never forget it. It will never go away, ever. And whoever designed that logo, I said on the live stream, whoever designed the logo did a really good job. That's a great National Champions logo, so they deserve some credit. But um, this will be one of the last days of this show in its current form. It is going away. Uh, For a handful of reasons, and again, maybe we'll get into it in more detail in one of the last days, but this is one of the last editions of this show. It will not be coming back either. Um, it is a decision that uh, I, ha- I really hated to make. Uh, I know Stevens crushed about it, uh, but it's one that, you know, it wasn't forced on us. It was, 
You know, I, I can I can be honest with you guys, right? When 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 this started two years ago, I'm just going to be fully transparent with you. When this started two years ago, um, I needed reps. I knew that I was good enough to be a sports radio host, but I didn't have the resume. I, I didn't have the reps. I was doing podcasts, but podcasts are not radio shows. They're very, very different. Anybody can do a podcast, with all due respect. Not everybody can do this every day. I knew I could, but I didn't have the reps. I didn't have the ability. I had a long way to go. I still, still have a long way to go. But I needed something, you know? And since then, things have changed on the weekday show, where I, although I still am not quite sure what my role is there, it's increased. And I'm doing live streaming and stuff like that. Steven has gotten a promotion since then. His plate is extremely full, and he is now married. So his time is more valuable now than it's ever been. When this first started, I, we were you know, hoping, under the impression that the station lineup would be more consistent. Right now, we're on five or six stations. We lose... I mean, we're on our Jackson station from 8 to 9.30. We're on the Starkville station from 9 to 10, but we don't have 8. It's all over the place. It bounces around. It's very, very inconsistent, and that really has not changed. And um, because of that, I have had a really, really hard time trying to sell it to advertisers. Uh, Me being the only one trying to sell it to advertisers, it, it has been extremely difficult. When it takes 500 words to describe to somebody how they can listen to the show, they're probably not going to buy it. And that is kind of where we are right now. Uh, I don't like being away from my family. And for a few hours every Sunday, I'm not with them. We could be going to church. We don't because we can't. I'm doing this. If there was a sponsor, if there was advertisement, if there was money coming in, then that would be different. But I'm not working for free anymore. I I value myself and I value Stephen's time more than that. And so this show is going away. I'm going to spend a lot of my time Focusing, of course, on the radio show, the thing that pays the bills. And I'm very appreciative of that. And also the live stream component. I am I will be allowed to be more flexible and creative on weekends. I've got some ideas about what football season is going to look like that I, I cannot wait to, to show you guys coming up. Um, it sucks. And I have to thank the people in the corner office, the bosses here, for giving us this opportunity. I mean, all I had to do was ask. It's all I had to do. And they opened up what they could and allowed us to do this. So I appreciate them. This is not this is a me this is a Borky decision. This is a Steven decision. I very much appreciate the time that we did have. But I um I cannot work for free anymore it's been two years you know a little over two years now since you know you kind of kicked around the idea and you you came to me and said hey I need somebody you know really to to run the board and help out a little bit and I you know I wasn't sure what exactly it was going to look like 
coming into it and I was I was about to say stuck doing news. I shouldn't say that because I'm still doing that. But, you know, sports is what I love and what I want to do eventually full time. And this gave me, you know, the first kind of taste of what it's like. And, you know, coming up here on Sunday mornings, waking up at 6 a.m. to get here at 7 and and keep doing, you know, some prep and all that kind of stuff. It's been a heck of an experience. And, you know, we've, you know, other than maybe working for free, We've loved every minute of this show. It's been so much fun, especially during football season, to wake up and give that kind of first reaction to everybody and get your first reaction on the text line. It's been awesome. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll figure out some way to do something after this is over. But, uh, yeah, it, it's just been a great first experience in sports radio for me. For sure. And uh, Steven's not going away. Of course, you'll still hear him on news every day. Uh, you're still doing the scoreboard show, correct? Correct. That, Late that Friday nights. Yes, uh, about in a month or so. Wow, wow, that's fast. 10 p.m. to 11:30 p.m. 10 p.m. to 11:30. He'll be doing a podcast with me three times weekly. So, um, if any of the bosses at Super Talk are listening, I, I, we do greatly appreciate this opportunity. Um, our, our time and efforts will be better allocated elsewhere. But, as JP says, he said, I thought the audience was growing. There's a real audience here. There's a real one, which is um, mind-blowing. But there is one, for sure. And uh, we'll just have to reach you in other ways. And I'm looking forward to telling you guys how those ways are going to be. So, thank you, everybody. This uh, A couple more, and then that'll be it. But for now, we got sports to talk about. So we'll get to those next. Lots of messages of encouragement, and, and for that, we thank you guys. There really is a, a real audience here. I, um, that's real. It's provable. It's, uh, it's just been a tough sell. So that's, that's the reason, pretty much, is uh, it's been a really tough sell. And that's, that's a kind of, I guess, inside baseball thing for media. Yeah, I don't know if we should be talking about this so openly, well, but I no. mean... That's not what I meant. I, I'm just saying. No, it doesn't bother me. <laughs> you know, in media, it's it's an interesting thing of of airtime and what airtime really means. And coming out of college, there were opportunities that I had in certain places, and it was always, well, you're going to have to basically work during the week to sell your own airtime, and then if you don't sell your airtime, guess what? You don't get to be on the air anymore. So yeah. sometimes, you know. Money has to talk, and you know that's that's the unfortunate part about this industry is we can have a great time doing this show, but eventually we're just we're doing it for fun. Yeah. And fun doesn't pay the bill. And this is, again, this is not something that's been forced on us. And in fact, every time I've asked Super Talk for anything, the answer has been yes. Every single time I've asked for something, the answer has been yes. Uh, that's what they do. It's uh, it's th- this is this is us. This is me. Um, I want to be home with my little guy right now. I want to take him to church. That's what I, that's especially what my wife wants to do. And I would would love to help her be able to do that. Um, anyway, last show, JP, will be the 18th. I think uh, tentatively will be the 18th, will be the last one. So it gives everybody a couple weeks to get everything sorted out and, and whatnot. And that is uh, the Sunday before Media Days, where Richard and Haydad will be 
for for that, and uh, and I'll be here doing the live stream and stuff like that. Uh, they'll they'll be at uh, at media day, so but tentatively that's probably going to be it. Uh, is is that day? So yeah, we appreciate you guys. We really do. There's been a big story in sports this week, though. Um, name, image, and likeness. Boy, do people have really bad opinions about that. They they either don't understand what's going on, or they they just are intentionally obtuse. And on this day of freedom, which is so ironic, because you have so often when people talk about name, image, and likeness, they say things like this. My friend sent me a link yesterday. I think this went viral on a message board first, but my friend sent me a link to a Facebook post from the Vicksburg Daily News about how Matt Corral has a very steep appearance fee through the app Dreamland, Dreamfield? Dreamfield. Dreamfield. Started by uh, Derek King and Mackenzie Milton are on. And it's basically a booking platform where you can schedule appearances by certain athletes for a certain amount of money. Derek King, the Miami quarterback's 2000, that's what he's asking for right now. Mackenzie Milton's asking for 2000 as well. Michael Penix from Indiana is asking for $500, stuff like that, you know. Matt Corral is asking for $10,000 for an appearance fee. It's really steep. It's really steep. But uh, based on conversations I've had, it sounds like they're being more selective than others as far as his time and what it's used on. For example, if he can get one person, one company, whatever it may be, to give him that amount to do an appearance fee, that's just one day. To get that amount of money for Derek King, that's five separate companies, five separate days, more time to acquire that much. They're being more selective uh, so he can continue to be a college student and a college football player and be a quarterback and a leader of his team. And if somebody's willing to give this steep price for him, then he'll take it. But he's not going to do a half dozen of them to make that kind of money. He's going to do it one time because he's a busy kid. That's at least the impression that I've been given, is that they're going to be selective because he wants to focus on his team first. And if he's got time to do one of these... Then he'll go do it, but you got to pay me a lot because that's taking me away from football. Okay? That, no problem here. I was sent uh, this link to a Facebook post on last night, late last night. So late Saturday night. And my friend told me just to read the comments. So not read the article. The article's fine. You know, it's just talking about Matt Corral's steep price for an appearance fee. 1.6 thousand comments, 1,600 comments. You want me to read some of these? Let's do it. Here's John. John says, money is the root of all evil. The whole thing is just bad. I understand the players wanting their fair cut, but greed and jealousy are going to tear teams apart. Here's Linda. Linda says, if they think they are that damn important, let them pay their own tuition and let others that need help and are not as talented get more help. Does this create a team-building exercise among them when others think they are better? Robert says, this is the destruction of college football. Steven, not this Steven. Steven says, team won't come first anymore. It'll be all about me with these kids. They better have requirements stating only juniors and seniors can benefit from this or recruiting will become crazy. 
That's weird. Linda's my mom's name, Robert's my brother's name, and obviously Stephen is my name. No, my whole family, we did not get on that thread and start commenting. Talbot Buys played football at Ole Miss, commented, and he said, This is a little excessive, but I'm glad to see this finally come to fruition. As much money as college athletes bring to schools, they definitely need to be compensated. The replies are a disaster. <laughs> this is a guy that played college football, saying, Yeah, this is good. An offensive lineman. And he, quite frankly, it didn't play very much. Getting roasted for this. Just absolutely roasted. These comments are unbelievable. Blaine says, I wish I was an offensive lineman on his team. He would be running for his life. Steven, another Steven, says, There is such thing as pricing oneself out of the market. This is the Exhibit A. Kelly says... So if your job is to play ball and make grades, you better perform because every game is a job interview. No win, throw some picks, miss a kick, and suddenly your scholarship is gone. That's looking at it from a very football-centric point of view. The people that I've seen so far that are going to make some of the most money out of this are like gymnasts and women's basketball players and that kind of thing. So it's not as if... If you have a, I'm going to get a gymnastics term wrong here, so someone can correct me. But if you do a bad double back tuck or something during one of these, all of your NIL deals are not going to get canceled. So that's looking at it where if Matt Corral goes out and throws seven interceptions, that's a much more highly visible performance. So I wouldn't look at it that way if you're one of well, these commenters it's out all there. Non, it's all nonsense. If he gets paid, Jeff says, then he should have to pay his own tuition for school. Another John says, so they should get paid, or so they get paid and deduct of their schooling and housing. Jeff, different Jeff, says, I can't wait to see what happens when these 18-year-old paid athletes get a fast, hard lesson on taxes. And it goes on and on and on and on and on. This is just insanity. And you know what's funny about this Facebook thread and all the people on it? I promise you that the folks commenting on the Vicksburg Post about an Ole Miss football player are mostly conservative. These are people who claim to be free market capitalists furious that a legal adult might make a little bit of money legally. That's what these people are furious about. Oh, if he gets paid, he should pay his own tuition and board. Why should you be the authority on that anyway? Well, what's it to you, I guess would be my question. What? what why does this make you... Free market capitalists, for some reason, are so mad that a college athlete might get a few thousand bucks as a legal adult that is not paid by the school. Oh, it might divide the locker room. If I was an offensive line, I wouldn't block for my quarterback. Yeah, that would actually get you kicked off the team. Not getting an endorsement deal, but if you actively not block for your quarterback, your behind is gone, brother. Gone. The Cleveland Browns paid a guy to play offensive line league minimum this year. Baker Mayfield is on every advertisement in the Cleveland area, making millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. Without the offensive line, Baker Mayfield can't perform, but that's how it works. That's life. You know who doesn't complain at all? Baker Mayfield's offensive line. Because they're getting theirs as well. 
Also, the logic behind if you get paid, you should have to pay back some of your scholarship. So if a regular student is getting student loans or if they're just on an academic scholarship, if they have a job outside of school, you're telling me that they should have to pay some of that back because they're making money? No. That makes no sense at all. Curtis says that ruling will be the beginning of the end of the college sports we love. I'd let this entitled little brat go elsewhere. I'd find a quarterback that is happy with the fact that he had a scholarship to an SEC school. All right, Curtis, you go find a quarterback that doesn't want to be marketable at all, and you lose every game on your schedule. And guess what, Curtis? You've been there before. You've been there before, bud. It wasn't very fun, was it? Why is this melting people's brains? So how much will the poor offensive line get for their job of protecting you? Whatever the free market decides, just like in the NFL and just like in real life. What is wrong with people? I don't, I don't understand this line of thinking at all. But then again, I'm a principled free market capitalist, I suppose. Sports Sunday, we'll be right back. I can't get enough of these comments. This is, it's mind-blowing to me. Welcome back to Sports Sunday. I'm Michael Borky, Stephen Gagliano for just a couple more weeks, three more weeks, including this one. 601-879-4395 is the text line if you want to be a part of the show this morning. That's how you do it. I mean, I, I love this stuff. I really quite can't wrap my mind around people that say things like that he should pay the school 40% of all of his earnings. And this is a good thing for college sports. And I know everyone has their opinion on name, image, and likeness and the players getting paid. We've always talked about this, that schools paying players would never work because you can't spread it out evenly. How do you determine, you know, value, all that kind of stuff. If it's coming from the schools, Outside entities paying these players was always the perfect solution for this. And coming into this year, is college athletics and the NCAA, the way they were running things, has anyone ever looked at that model and said, wow, this is perfect? This is a good change. The NCAA has been terrible for years at what they've been trying to do with amateurism, and they're protecting their own bottom line. This helps move things in the right direction. I don't understand why everyone's so angry about this. Todd says if the athlete is getting paid for playing, paid for playing, the scholarship should be given to students that will graduate and be productive citizens. What, are you claiming that Matt Corral will not be a productive citizen? Why, why would you think that? Is it because he has tattoos, Todd? Is it because he's from California? He can't be productive? Anyway, he says, we need more blue-collar workers, not more spoiled, useless athletes. Again, why, why would he be useless? Do you know anything about this kid? Anything at all about him? How is he going to be useless? Either way, Todd, the beautiful thing about life and college and higher education is blue-collar workers can earn a lot of things. There are these things called scholarships that don't just exist for football players. If you get certain grades in school, then you can go to college for free. If you take one of two standardized tests and you get a certain grade, you can go to college for free. If you go to one of Mississippi's many junior colleges for two years, you will go there for free. 
If your parents happen to not make a certain amount of money, if they are lower income, you can get grants and you can go to college for free. Or you can do what a lot of people, hand-raised, get a student loan. It's not fun, but, but there are avenues to go to college that aren't just playing football. There's a lot of them. Here's an interesting one, and not from a rivalry standpoint, but just from a factual standpoint. James says, dude can't even win the Egg Bowl let alone beat a top 25 opponent. He did both last season. (laughs) Both of those things happened last year. I guess he's (sighs) trying to make money now because he sure ain't going to the NFL, which will also be broke soon. Everything in that comment is factually incorrect. So, what... What a great thread. One guy has a funny comment. His name's David. He says, maybe Leach could rent him for a couple hours during the Egg Bowl. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Oh, man. Kevin says, take away all of their scholarships and make it so they have to be, quote, hired to play and pay for all of their schooling. And so they have to really attend classes and pass. I mean, come on, people. Rob, when will the holdouts start in college football? None. Because- Never. Because the school is not the one paying them. No, and every... (laughs) Anyway, here's one text. College football is like the cookie monster. This NIL stuff is like one cast-off crumb in the grand scheme. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. It's nothing. Ole Miss's budget is $120 million. The SEC pays Ole Miss and Mississippi State $50 million a year. And you guys are mad that Matt Corral's asking for 10K that he's not probably not going to get? It's a negotiation like anything else in this world. You start at one number, a company comes at you and says, well, how about this number? And you probably meet in the middle at five. Something like that is where sure. I imagine. Dave and Ripley says, there are probably people who have sent their kids to college and paid dearly for their education with no scholarships. Maybe when your kids get that age, you'll understand. Well, But the thing is, I will understand... That if my son goes to college as a regular student, he's not a revenue generator the same way the quarterback is. Guys, maybe he'll be the quarterback. Maybe he will. I want him to play golf personally, but you know, maybe he will. But when I was in school, I didn't get mad when I was in a class, uh, political science 101, where we had to bring our own scantrons as, as you do to take a test. And all of the football players pulled out a filled Scantron and turned it in and left as the test began. You know why that doesn't bother me? Because those guys are putting 65,000 people in the stands every Saturday. Those guys are generating millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars for the school. I was only generating tuition, some of which was marked off from a very small amount of scholarship money. Maybe this is a good lesson for regular students and parents of those regular students about the market and value. Because Matt Corral is far more valuable than a regular college student to Ole Miss. That's just a fact. Regular students don't generate millions. One Ole Miss football game generates millions of dollars. More of your text. Name, image, and likeness. What do you think about it? Let me know. We'll talk about it. Hour 2 on Sports Sunday, off and running. I'm Michael Borky. He's Steven Gagliano. Talking name, image, and likeness. That's the story in sports right now. At least I think it is. 
It's got everybody talking, everybody fired up, opinions one way or the other, brands going everywhere, and it's also July. So, (laughs) you know, this is really going to dominate until the season begins. As one of you points out, don't have a name here. Um, I wish I had a name. Uh, I'm going to read your message. Send the name in. I'll save it and because you text the weekday show as well. And uh, we'll, we'll get your name saved on there so we can call you by name. You don't have to put your last name. Just uh, name and about where you're at is all we need. But he says, Bork, isn't this just the, uh, uh, the shift that makes people uncomfortable and will go away once touchdowns are scored and games are won? I think people uh, will really learn that this will change nothing once the season begins. Nothing's going to change. I've seen people suggest that the gap between the haves and the have-nots is going to be, oh, it just, all these players are going to go to big schools now. Well, what, have you paid attention at all? They're already going there. You think Alabama's winning by chance? They get whoever they want. Ohio State gets whoever they want. They could not possibly recruit better than they do. In fact, I think it gives schools like Ole Miss and Mississippi State a better opportunity to potentially keep some guys in state that have traditionally gone elsewhere. I think it possibly levels the playing field some. It might. If you've got a marketable star, they can go to Ole Miss and shine. Joey Madison, question, what stops an alum from promising a high school kid thousands to commit to their school and pay them through, quote, appearances? That is supposed to be, and roll your eyes, against the rules. And everybody's broken NCAA rules. Anyway, that's really what's already kind of been going on. Uh, but that is technically against the rules. Can they do that? Sure. Yeah, they could. It would. You cannot promise a high school kid anything, though. That That is very much against the rules right now. It cannot be a recruiting inducement. It has to be after they arrive, after they sign, then those have to come. It also can't be performance-based. I think those are the two big rules. It cannot. It, yeah, like it, you can't say, hey, if you go out and score three touchdowns on Saturday, you get X amount of dollars from even if it's a business, if it's not affiliated with the school, they still can't do it that way. Mm-hmm. So there are rules in place, quote unquote. Of course, rules have been broken ever since college football started, and rules will continue to be broken in some instances, I'm sure. But this brings so much more of it above board, which is a good thing. We get one message. Everybody but everybody forgets regular students can work. He said, my girlfriend, now wife, played softball on a scholarship that hardly paid for anything, and she couldn't work at all to help supplement income. It's a great point. Music scholarship recipients can teach lessons all day long for money. Theater scholarship recipients can do plays for money on the side. There's Academic a, scholarship recipients can tutor for money. It's only the athletes that cannot use their skills to benefit. It's only them. You bring up music. There's a player, and I should have wrote his name down. I put a list of a couple other ones, but there's a player. He's an offensive lineman somewhere who I guess he sings, and he had been doing it under like an alias I guess, and making money doing it. And he's saying, hey, now I can perform and use my actual name. It's a pretty cool story. Yeah. David Ripley says, who gives a rat's 
you know what about how much money these athletes make for the school. That's a bad template for hyping this up. They get a free ride to go and do what they love to do, and most of them are handled with kid gloves. He said, according to these comments, you're, you're reading, my opinion is the majority. It might be. But um, who cares about how much money they make for the school? Capitalism. Because what people in the, the comments on the Vicksburg Daily News post, those are a lot of people advocating for socialism, whether they know it or not. Ha, have, telling an adult man or woman that they cannot use their own name to benefit is straight up anti-capitalist, anti-American socialism. That is what that is. You can, you can spin it however you want. Well, they're getting a scholarship. That's fine. But I'm a capitalist. I think an adult man or woman should be able to make as much money as they want to doing whatever the market says that they can do. And if it means that Matt Crowell makes ten grand for an hour appearance, good for him. That's, that's awesome. It's not my money. I'm not spending it. He's an adult. He should be able to earn however much he wants whenever he wants because this baby is America and that's what you are supposed to be allowed to do in this country. And also, I know that this conversation kind of started because of, of Matt Corral and the article and the comments from it. I don't know Matt Corral's situation with his family or anything outside of his scholarship, but I know that there are college football, basketball, baseball, whatever sport, there are athletes that just because they get a full scholarship, that doesn't mean that their parents have money to put in their account every week to help them out when they're in school. Some of them need extra money, and that's what NIL is going to allow for. And I think that's awesome. Yeah. There, you've, we've seen so many stupid NCAA violations. The one a couple of years ago that I always think of is an athlete was given too much food during a meal or something dumb like that. That kid now can use his own money that he earns, he or she, that they earn from NIL, and they can use that for food around town or mm. clothes that they need because their parents can't just Venmo them money maybe like a ton of other students can. A, a friend of mine was a bartender. That's how he paid for school and, and paid for his stuff his fa- in college. His family, he did not come from a well-off place. And his family couldn't afford to put money in his account every month. He had to do it himself, and he was able to. If he was an athlete, he could not have done that. But yeah, here's another message. I'm a hotshot truck driver. I drive 15 hours a day, only so much music you can listen to. Well, I'm glad you're stopping by at least for a little while. He said, let them earn what they can earn. Every college kid has a job minus the 2%. Their sport is their job. And it's a good point you brought up. And if you are a, a live stream listener I talked about this on Friday. When I was in college, I knew a handful of players, but one in particular that I that I always remember. And this story is incredibly common. When you watch your team take the field, the every roster has a bunch of guys that are like this. Uh, this kid grew up with nothing. There were times where he didn't have running water or electricity in his home because his mom could not afford to pay the bills. She worked, she just couldn't afford to pay the bills. He came from nothing. Um, there's a current player on Ole Miss's roster that years ago we learned had to sleep in his car for a while. I know a, a player from my high school 
who played Division I football, what he took to college was his beat-up car that they bought for just a couple hundred bucks that I cannot believe started every time it started, and a duffel bag filled with some clothes. That's all he had. That's all he had to his name. These kids get to college, and yes, they receive a scholarship. Sure, they do. But that is all they get. It's a great, very valuable thing, but I am not going to, knowing what I know about some of these kids and their circumstances, I cannot morally find myself an objection to letting one player that I'm especially thinking of that grew up at times without running water or electricity, the chance to make a couple hundred bucks signing some autographs and sending that home to mom to help repay her bills. Because that is so common. When your players take the field and you get on Facebook and you post that they're entitled brats, remember not not all of them have the situation that we had, that you had. Some of these kids have nothing. There are still athletes, a lot of them, that are first-generation college students. Why? Why? Should I object to them helping mom and mom and dad out if they can. I, I, I can't, I cannot do that knowing what I know about some of the backgrounds of these kids. I cannot do it. We get, uh, JP, we'll get to that next because Stephen has not heard this story yet. There was a prominent high school coach that, uh, that had some comments about this. Dave says, you can spin it any way you want. That's not spin, my friend. Limiting an adult an adult from using their own name to benefit. That's, that's anti-capitalist. That's what that is. It's only the athletes that can't or couldn't. No, they can Vicksburg Daily News. Good for them. I bet they're going to uh, boost their engagement. Yeah, numbers their engagement for sure. numbers are going to be great. <laughs> but it's an interesting topic for sure. I, and I've probably beaten it into the ground by now. But this is not going to disrupt anything. This isn't going to change anything. Dave says, "Oh Lord, I'm going to have to break out the violin." That's a shame, man, because some of these kids really have it hard. Harder than you could imagine. We'll be right back. We're out of American music. That's all we had. <laughs> That's why it's Genesis, which is good, but, you know. We only have like an hour and ten minutes worth of of American-esque bumper music. So. It was a good one to end on. Now I'm going to have to watch Rocky Four to get that out of my head. Yeah. Good movie there. The best of the Rocky series, in my opinion. Rocky IV? Yes. All right. I like that. Probably because it was the first one I saw for some reason, and it always just stuck with me. And the music in that movie is great. You've got Living in America, all the different montage songs. Those are great. Like when he's over in Russia training. It's a good one to throw on like a workout playlist. (laughs) Watched a good movie last night, Tomorrow War, with Chris Pratt. Hmm. Just came out on Prime. It's okay, free. If you say, got I've Amazon Prime, it. it's free. Nice. Uh, really good, though. I mean, it's it's a turn-your-brain-off sci-fi movie. There's some plot holes. Fine. But the, the aliens look incredible. Like, they, they 
busted their budget on them. They look great. Chris Pratt's the man. They clearly didn't take themselves too seriously. It's a post-apocalyptic. Aliens are attacking the Earth. Like, you're bouncing from the past to the future. You know, it's one of those movies. Really good, though. And I'm a big fan of Chris Pratt. Uh, Getting bad reviews, though, because Chris Pratt dares uh, in Hollywood uh, appreciate and respect the country he lives in. So, you know, some of the critics aren't going to like him because, God forbid, Chris Pratt actually appreciate where he lives. So, uh, ignore the reviews. Watch the movie. It's good. It's entertaining. My wife's a tough one to please as far as that goes. She's a, she's a harsh critic, and she liked it. So, if she liked it, that means it was good. Um, she's got a good eye for movie stuff, man. She uh, she should be a movie critic. So, it's not Tomorrow Land. No, the Tomorrow War. Okay. Oh, Tomorrow War. Okay. Because yes. there's a t- movie, Tomorrow Land, that was George Clooney from 2015. So... I'm yeah, not, not looking at the right thing. Not that. Not that. Um, it was good, though. It was good. JP says, spin, anti-capitalist, sure, but the Supreme Court said it was unconstitutional. You own your name. Absolutely. And they should. People are way overthinking this, though. As people do with a lot of things. The, the vast majority of... Athletes will only still receive their scholarship, the vast majority of them. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. The Auburn quarterback's getting a sweet tea deal. I cannot believe the contract wasn't intercepted on the way there, but he's getting a sweet tea deal. Like That's that's where we are, okay? That's what it's going to be. I think Spencer Rattler got Chipotle. No, or, or Raising Canes. Canes. You know, he, he's... Probably going to be a Heisman contender. I mean, they're not going to lose because they play in the Big 12. Um, He's getting a lot of undue hype. I wasn't all that impressed with him last year, to tell you the truth. I mean, he's good. He's he's quite good. But people talk about him like he's the second coming of, you know, Johnny Football. And he's not that. Ever since he was blaming receivers during the Elite 11 camp for a bad throw of his, I've never liked him. Yeah, that's that's a tough look. His logo is pretty sick, though. But oh, you like it with like the snake? Yeah, and, yeah. yeah I wouldn't be mine, <laughs> right. but uh, I don't have that kind of confidence. I guess my so, favorite so far is that Arkansas wide receiver Trey Knox. He signed a deal with PetSmart, and yeah, he that's posted awesome. a picture with his dog. Like, I think that's so cool. And these aren't endorsement deals like you guys think with like NBA players. Like, like Zion's deal with Jordan's like eight million dollars a year. Now, this guy, his deal with PetSmart's probably a few thousand bucks. Hey, man. And that's probably steep, honestly. Probably less than that. Uh, You know, hey, man, post some things on Instagram for us. We'll give you some free dog food for your cute pup. Like, that's what these are. That's what these are. This allows the the Mississippi State baseball team now. I mean, Brad Cumbus can teach swing lessons to little Johnny from West Point. Can you imagine NIL coming at a better time for Mississippi State baseball? But, But why would... Why would that not be okay before? It is now, though, but it's people like him. Brad Cumbus, uh, Julia Johnson, the Ole Miss women's golfer. She can teach lessons now. Couldn't before. That's a great opportunity for little Sally in Oxford who's interested in golf. Her mom can call Julia Johnson and say, Hey, we, you know, if you have a free hour on Saturday, you know, we help my daughter learn golf? Yeah, sure. Why can that not? Why is that such a problem? Either way, 
JP says uh, he watched it last night. I like Chris Pratt. He's a talent. He's one of the more diverse actors you've ever seen. I mean, he went from Andy Dwyer. The role of a lifetime. The role of a lifetime to, to Zero Dark Thirty. I mean, he's done everything in between. He's on, he's a Marvel character, he's an action hero, and he's a big dummy. It's kind of, you know, kind of how he is. I like him a lot. I'm a big fan of his. Have you ever heard of John Curtis High School? I have not. John Curtis High School, it's a New Orleans area, puts players in Division I all the time. High-producing high school program. Their coach, who his name happens to be J.T. Curtis, which is hilarious to me. J.T. Curtis, the coach of John Curtis High School. Um, Christian school, by the way. He said, quote, on the NIL policy, Well, they've changed the face of college football. They've changed it for better or worse. Time will tell. I don't think it'll be for the better. He believes the approval of NIL, the purity of the game of football in all competitive sports, has been lost. Quote, I hope that we do not destroy the game as we know it, but with the transfer portal and what's going on in that environment, it's already negatively affecting recruiting in a very negative way. Um, You don't have to say negative twice, pal. Um, Now we're going to enter money into the picture. I just think we've got some real problems yet to come. It is rich that a coach that sends players to LSU thinks that now money is being entered into the equation. Now, like just now, money is finally entering the equation. Coach that sends players to LSU. These coaches have turned such a blind eye to this for so long. And it, you know what? Never mind. I'm not going to say what I was going to say because that might get me in trouble. But that's, that is, that's rich. You, you described it the perfect way. A, a program that over the last year, the number of things that have come out about that program is now going to say name, image, and likeness is going to be the thing that ruins the purity of college football. That's insane. I've thought about this a lot. J- JP asked me on Friday during the live stream to, to re-approach this. Um, I don't want to go as far as some people have in terms of why... This has been so hotly contested by some. But people like this coach at John Curtis, JT Curtis, the coach at John Curtis. Um, I don't want to imply that their motives are impure. But I think he is an example of what I've said often about coaches. Sometimes we put them on a pedestal that they don't deserve. I can't tell you the number of times. I remember our first Sunday here, our first year, the 2019 season, when every Sunday I told you guys that Matt Luke's offensive approach with John Rice Plumley and Rich Rodriguez and run left, run right, roll out right, throw an incomplete pass in the dirt offense was not going to work at this level. And the number of people that said, you shouldn't question them. They know more than you. And what I trust the coaches, and I don't trust you. Football coaches aren't necessarily the smartest people out there. It's okay to question them. At the end of the day, they just coach a game. That's all they are. 
at the end of the day, I just talk about sports. It's all I am. You know, it, it applies to everybody. But you can sometimes miss the mark. You can make mistakes as a coach. And you can have really misinformed opinions about things. There are some people in the media that are implying things, you know, calling folks that disagree with name, image, and likeness racist. I've seen that. People with blue check marks on social media that if you think that athletes shouldn't get paid, you are doing it because you are a racist. And that's that's insanity to me. That's crazy. It's crazy. It's not true either. But I do think somebody in his position should know better. Or at least understand that implying that just now money is getting involved in college athletics is kind of dumb. Not kind of. <laughs> that's, that's one of the more ridiculous things that I've heard through this whole process. And because, you know, people from the outside, maybe, maybe you're, you're not aware of how prevalent this kind of stuff is in college athletics. But if you're a coach that is, like this says, routinely sending players to a place like LSU, you know what's going on. So don't, don't act like your head is buried in the sand. It's quite frustrating. But at the end of the day, if you're worried about this changing things, it's not going to. If you're worried about Matt Corral's offensive line not blocking for him, you don't have to worry about that. They will. They will be just fine. If you think that this is going to disrupt the balance of power in college football, my response would be, what balance of power are you seeing that I'm not? It's going to be fine. It's going to be just fine. It's not going to change anything. And maybe a guy like Brad Cumbus can get a few hundred bucks for teaching lessons, as he should. That'll be fun. We'll turn the page next. All right, Stephen worked hard. Uh, we've, between our announcement that the show will be going away soon, and NIL stuff, we haven't really gotten anything yet. <laughs> we, it's been an hour and 30 minutes. What, what have we done? Um... Mississippi State won the national championship and had their victory parade on Friday. It looked like it uh, was a great time. Uh, you know, maybe uh, maybe the next one I'll be able to see that victory parade, you know, the next national championship. Hopefully there's not that much time in between the two this time, though. Um, I said on the live stream Friday, I'll say it again here, Mississippi State baseball I think is here to stay. I think that is a sustainable product. A sustainable situation. It's not like Coastal Carolina where they win and then they disappear. They won on a fluke and now they're gone. That's not the, the case here. This is probably just the beginning. Curse Simonis' contract is an interesting point of conversation. I, I think Mississippi State should comfortably, if negotiations go a particular way, go all the way up to a million and a half, maybe even more, if that's what it takes to make sure that you lock him up for a long time. He's worth it. I think you found your coach that if I looked up 20 years from now and he was still the coach at Mississippi State, I wouldn't at all be surprised. I think this is a long-haul type situation, one that you have to pay for, but that's okay if he keeps going to Omaha and winning championships. And if you keep drawing those kind of crowds and bringing in that kind of revenue to the baseball program, then there's no reason that you can't afford to pay that. And really, I mean, what better job is there right now in college baseball? You get to play and coach in front of those fans in that facility. 
there are better jobs just because of scholarship situations, but as far as quality of life as the coach, I don't know how much better it gets. And especially after winning that championship, after that kind of drought, I mean, he'll never have to pay for another drink in Starkville ever again. <laughs> I'm sure he didn't already, but now especially. Yeah, and some people are discounting the, the family emotional ties to Mississippi State with, with his father. I mean, that, that's, that's significant. Um, yeah, he's in it for the long haul. I think Mississippi State's in it for the long haul. I think that that is very, very clear. Uh, we do get one message, though, back on the NIL thing. This is, uh, I think you have nailed it. I think we didn't say it. Steven wanted to. He even told me at, at the break. So great minds think alike and, and whatnot. He said, before you leave the NIL mindset, since corruption seems to be so prevalent, I can't help but think that coaches at the high school or AAU level feel like the NIL sponsor deals will hurt their own part of the money game with blue-chip athletes. Perfect. Yep. I'll let them say it. And having it spelled out is better than me saying it off the cuff and saying it wrong. My friend, there there will still be illegal recruiting, if you want to call it illegal. Uh, There still will be money under the table and stuff like that, I'm sure, because... You can't sign NIL deals until after you become a college student. However, quotes like that one. I don't know the coach at John Curtis. He could be clean as a whistle. But as a general rule, general statement, there are people that will be losing in this scenario. There are people that have been uncles or what people call handlers of certain recruits that have taken financial advantage of the situation and have steered kids towards certain schools that pay them more. The kid doesn't see a dime. I can't tell you the number of times I've heard that story. The kid has no idea it's even going on. But an uncle will step in. He'll be the one that facilitates the contact with the boosters. And if you sling the uncle an extra $10,000, i will make sure that little Johnny has a great visit at your school. I'll get in his ear and tell him that that's where he needs to go. That happens all the time. And if it gets uncovered, then it's the player that gets in trouble. Naturally. And like you said, sometimes they don't—they have no idea what's going on. I, I, off the top of my head, know of at least half a dozen times where a player went to a certain school because of money, and the player had no idea. Yeah, that happens. That happens a lot. You're on to something there. No doubt about it, you're on to something there. Because why risk it? If you're a high school kid, why risk it? I mean, in three, why, why would I take money when in three months I can sign an endorsement deal? Why risk it? They won't. Some people's cash cow is going to the slaughterhouse. No doubt about it. We talked a lot about the NIL stuff for sure. Reggie Bush should get his Heisman back. I mean, right. That's and a no-brainer. The Heisman Trust, or like that group, they've said if the NCAA reinstates his records, they will give it back. I believe that's what I read. So now it's up to the NCAA. And fingers crossed they can make the right decision for once. Or at least help out who was a student athlete that brought in, I don't even know how much money at the time. Reggie Bush was, and still is, one of the most electrifying college athletes there has ever been. And he brought more eyes to college football and to the NCAA than so many before him and so many after him. So the, the least that they could do is reinstate those records and give him his Heisman back. 
For sure. For sure. The Olympics are coming up later this month. That's a, a nice bridge between baseball season and college football. We get the Olympics coming here soon. There's been some scandal, though. Shikari Richardson, fastest woman in the world. At least, I think so. Uh, she ran, what was it, a 10-8 at the yep. uh, Olympic trials, which is just absolutely flying for a female sprinter. Um, she tested positive for what they are what they called a performance-enhancing drug. And it's not a United States decision, it's the, the Olympics. Uh, for whatever that's worth. I saw some people suggesting online that the United States just didn't want her representing them. Because you know how everything goes. Um, it, it's not the United States call, it's the Olympics call. The performance-enhancing drug that she tested positive for was marijuana. You know. Yeah, the, that the, thing that the, everyone the performance uses to go fast. The, the performance-enhancing drug, <laughs> marijuana. That's what she tested positive for. She was hit with a 30-day suspension, which will keep her out of the 100-meter, which she was likely going to win and possibly break records for. She said, quote, I apologize. As much as I'm disappointed, I know that when I step on the track, I represent not only myself, I represent a community that has shown great support and love. I apologize for the fact that I didn't know how to control my emotions or deal with my emotions during that time. I believe her mother passed away, and she turned to that as a coping mechanism. I'm not saying that's right or wrong. That's just what happened. Um... She was not doing steroids. She was not perform enhancing her performance. She had a tragic death, and she did what so many people do, lean on something to help get her through, and that will cost her her shot at the 100. And in her defense, in fairness to her, she is not saying that it's bad, that it's an unjust decision. She knew the rules. She broke them, and she's accepting them. I actually kind of admire the way she's approached this, to tell you the truth. Uh, she is not making excuses. At least I don't think that that's an excuse. I think it's a reason. An excuse would be saying, I did it for this reason, so I shouldn't be suspended. Yeah, she is accepting her suspension. She's just telling you why she turned to that to try to get her through a situation. Either way, it's caused a, a lot of debate. You know, should she be allowed to run? Should this be against the rules? All that kind of stuff. There's two ways to feel about this, and, and I think they're both just and fair. On one hand, not letting her run the 100 because she smoked weed, I think, is a little ridiculous because it is. she obtained it legally. It's legal in many, many states in this country. It was supposed to be legal in Mississippi, if not for a technicality that was uncovered by my mayor. By the way, uh, I'm going to be shooting fireworks today. Against the law. Come arrest me. <laughs> um, so that is not that big of a deal. It's legal in this country. In many, many places, I'm sure she obtained it legally. It is absolutely not a performance enhancer, for sure. And while you should not turn to substances when coping with a tragic loss, it is not uncommon. It's a very, it's a very human thing to do. Hopefully it doesn't turn into a habit because that could end up being bad. If, if you're using substances to cope, that's a terrible thing. But it's a, it's a human reaction, a human emotion. It was not a performance enhancer. She was not doing steroids. It's legal in this country. It's not that big of a deal. But on the other side, it's the rule. You know the rule. 
you know you cannot put something like that inside of your body when you're going to run in the Olympics. You cannot do it. So, on one hand, I have great sympathy for the situation. On the other, you you just you you cannot smoke weed for just these ninety days. You know that's it. Just these ninety days. Just you know the rule. You broke the rule. The suspension is just because you agreed when you became a track runner, an Olympic runner, that you would have to abide by these rules. Both feelings, I think, are fair, just, and I have them both at the same time. It's weird. But fastest woman in the world will not be running the 100 meter. It's outdated. It's probably wrong, but it's the rule. And if you don't follow it, consequences will. 6018794395. We'll be right back. Cowboys on Hard Knocks. Do you like that? I do. I think it'll be interesting. I do think there's an element to people being Jerry Jonesed out at this point, but I think they have interesting storylines coming into the season that will make for an entertaining season. Yeah, if you're a state fan, Dak is going to be everywhere. Everywhere. You're going to get a free billboard for Mississippi State every week because his rehab is going to be the focal point of this year on Hard Knocks. Of course, they'll find a couple players that are going to definitely get cut, but... They'll tell you their backstory about how, you know, their mom died of cancer and their brother is sick and they came from all these hard times and they're getting their shot at the NFL and then they get cut on the final day and you're just going to cry your eyes out when that happens. Yeah, they'll, they'll do that as well. But uh, a whole lot of Dak coming on Hard Knocks, which I said Friday, Hard Knocks is the realest reality show out there. It is unfiltered. You see and hear it all. Language and, and everything. And you see the ugly. I mean, it, it's not flubbed up. It, it's not created drama for television. It's The cameras are just there while they're conducting their business. But it, it's real and raw, and it's really good, and you'll get to see Dak at the, the center. The better place would have been Green Bay. That would have been incredible. Just let all of this Aaron Rodgers stuff play out in front of everyone's eyes. I would have loved that. that and they may have said no. Yeah, that's the thing with Hard Knocks. Teams can say no, which is unfortunate. But again... My guess would be they said no. Right. And to the Jerry Jones point, he is never going to say no to cameras being all around his facility to allow millions of people to see that place. Uh, Of course not. Of course not. So congrats. I mean, I'll watch. I'll watch every episode. I can't wait. Have the Saints been on? Not in recent history. Mm. Let's see. This would have been a good year for them, too. That really would have been. <laughs> Our Jameis on it uh, with the Bucks, people giving an insight into him as a, as a leader was interesting. So I'd be, I'd be interested to see it now with the Saints. Um, the Saints would never do it, apparently, according to Canal Street Chronicles, which is the SB Nation page. Um. The Saints would actually pass on the opportunity. So they were in a short list a couple years ago. No, many years ago, in 2011, on the short list to do it. And they said no. wonder if that's a Sean Payton thing. He seems more kind of about his business. He doesn't want all that extra stuff in there. 
And that's why I was so surprised that the Raiders season was so bad. Because I thought John Gruden would be great on there. And there were a few things from that season, like the whole knock on wood if you're with me kind of thing. That yeah. was fun. But the season overall was pretty bad. Uh, but I thought I thought John Gruden would have been the perfect guy for that. Mm-hmm. That wasn't my favorite one. The Browns, I thought, was the was excellent. It was, just because you knew how much dysfunction there was in there at the time. And it all blew up, obviously, later that season with, except Greg Williams, the whole coaching staff basically getting fired midway through. Yeah, Saints have never been on it. Apparently, you, you don't, or you shouldn't expect that they will. The NBA Finals are set. The Bucks won last night. Bucks and Suns. Yeah, not the, if not everybody, the marquee matchup the NBA was hoping for. Oh, well, you know, maybe it's about time they figure out that they need to cover the small markets as well. Yep, that's true, too. This may actually give them that kind of... Maybe maybe they need to realize that, you know, there's more than just LeBron James in the league. And that you've got good, compelling stars in other places as well. And maybe you start having people pay attention to them. The culture that was created in the NBA is a joke, and I'm so glad that these are two teams that didn't do it that way, didn't form super teams. Giannis didn't force his way out. No, he signed a max extension to stay in Milwaukee after they got bounced early in the playoffs or earlier than expected. He stuck around. He's doing it the right way. Devin Booker could have forced his way out of Phoenix, like Draymond Green said, who's sitting his tail at home right now. They did it the right way. They're building the right way. And now they're in the NBA Finals. Good for them. Maybe this will change the culture in that league because it's a joke right now. And ESPN, the company that pays hundreds of millions of dollars to broadcast these games, somebody that works for them called Milwaukee, what, a terrible city? Yeah. And now, guess what? You get to go do shows live Mm -hmm. from there that a ton of people in media would kill for the chance to be able to do that. They said they were hoping for Atlanta in L.A. because Milwaukee and Phoenix are awful and they don't want to go there. If you can't have fun in either of those places, you are the loser, not the two cities. That's for sure. But Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll be with you next week. We'll be with you next week. But for now, y'all have a great rest of your week. Enjoy your fourth today. Really glad that you guys are with us, especially on this day Celebrate freedom in America and a lot of food and maybe a little bit of beer as well. Y'all be safe out there, and we'll talk to you again next week. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.